Okay, we are live. I'm in a secret location here. Uh, this is going to be a good one. Jess Wendell, Maven Consulting, Episode 1 PR Communication Series. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It's been a long time coming that we're having this conversation. It, it's very long time coming. And I, I'm going to premise this for everybody. My lighting's like, whatever, I'm at this hotel, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't matter. We Everybody should be looking at her. That's all that this is about. Here we go. For context, give us background of what you've been up to and where you're at now. Yeah. So we met back in the day when I was at Perfect Snacks, but I've been in PR for over a dozen years, both on the agency side and then in-house at Perfect Snacks. Um, most recently started Maven Consulting about a year and a half ago, working primarily in the CPG food and beverage space, helping brands really build a foundation for strong communications and then public relations um, everywhere from positioning to uh, stakeholder identification and then full execution of their PR campaigns. Give us the description of PR today versus maybe PR before. I think most people, they hear PR like, oh my gosh, can, can I get into a magazine? Are you going to get me on the front page of the paper? What, is it, what does it look like today versus maybe five years ago? Yeah, I think we've all come to think of PR as media relations. And I really like to define the two because most people think that PR, oh, we're not doing PR. We don't have PR. If you have any sort of brand or business, you are doing PR. You just don't have control over it. So any public or any group audience individual that has a stake in your company, your relationship with them is public relations. And so it really comes down to what is that relationship? How are you fostering it? How are you maximizing and optimizing it? Uh, to me, it differs for every single brand, every single person. We all are doing our own PR as well as, as leaders of our brands, our companies, as people in our lives, perception, reputation, um, the way people treat us, that's all PR. So it, it really yeah. is so much more broad than I think uh, a lot of in the business realm we give it credit for. So I, I, I want to go back to Perfect Snacks. Uh, they all know that I love them. Uh, I, you knew that. Mm -hmm. um, I'm a huge fan of that brand um, for all the reasons that you should be. I'm a fan of how it started, um, the product, the family, the story, everything that if it was to come to PR or somebody doing the storytelling or helping with it, they've got like everything there, right? They've got the the basket of fruit. I don't Perfect know where that I don't know where that example came from. Basket of fruit. It just sounded. <laughs> um, but but it, it is so so. Um, maybe utilize a little bit of that for a second. And just, like like just again, what what were you doing there, and and sort of you know wrapping the bow on it. Like what were what were those fine points that would help somebody if they were listening now that had a, had a brand. Absolutely. So I think you know, every stage of a company's life cycle, the PR looks a lot different. When I went into Perfect Snacks, uh, we had been around for 10 years, but we were still very, very unknown, building a category. And so this idea of a refrigerated protein bar, first and foremost, what is it? And so defining your positioning and what is what are those key messages that you need to convey we have such short attention spans these days uh, that we need to get the message across as quickly as possible, even more so if other people are articulating that message to their audiences, which is truly what PR is. 
we're leaning into these influential stakeholders to share that message with their audience who hopefully is our consumer. With Perfect Snacks, it was a lot of education, a lot of informing where to find it, uh, where is it available. And the part that people do love about Perfect Snacks besides the product is the story that you would think comes at the very beginning of that messaging and storytelling. But in fact, it comes way down the funnel after we've already defined what is the product? Where do you find it? Is it good? Is it not? Why, why is it good for me? Then we get to open up and tell this beautiful story about where the product originated. But we, we have such a short period of time to get that message across. So I think first and foremost, you're defining what is our message? Who are we talking to? And what are they going to get excited enough to share this message with their audiences? That's the difference between marketing and PR. Marketing, you're talking directly to your consumer. PR, you're talking to a third party that then will talk to your consumer. Yeah, uh, two points. Uh, one is the interesting comment about 10 years and that they were still kind of a baby. They, they're, they were still finding their way. And a lot of brands today, there's this rush, you know, and they don't recognize, even us, we're like year six. And I, I always explain this. I'm like, we are so small. Nobody knows who we are. Nobody knows who we are. If I went and asked these people, I don't know. I might scare somebody, right? Nobody knows who we are. And, in, and for, for context there, where people are talking about, oh, I want to own the category. I want to do this. And you only need 1% of, of consumers. One. What, think Absolutely. about it in there, right? If you, you have a hun, if you had 100,000 customers, you would be crushing it, right? And so that, that's one point. Second part is um, I almost want to call it out as sort of market fit when you're talking about the storytelling and, and who's the customer, what am I telling them and the like, there's a, there's an important piece to that as far as time, like, you know, not wasting so much time and our money and energy where you're like going to everybody. No, you, mm -hmm. you, you have to mm -hmm. define the market fit and then talk to them because then you know how to talk to them. What exactly were they looking for and why are you a solution for them? A value add. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. I think especially when you are a new brand coming out the gate, it's very exciting. And especially in our industry, snack, snacking, better for you products, just overall natural products, wellness, consumer goods, it can be a fit for everyone. So to define who that customer is, is a very challenging exercise because you're like, well, you know, moms could like us, kids could like us, we could be for anyone. Um, and so it is really important to niche down in the early stages so that you can focus. And for example, with Perfect Snack, we were so heavy into CrossFit in the early days. And it wasn't until, you know, I came on board and we started expanding with the resources that we had that we got to look outside the CrossFit community and say, who else is, is really a heavy user of our product? And then we went heavy into the, we call their Jenny uh, persona and, you know, really looking into who, who are we talking to outside of this core consumer that we've been talking to for 10 years, and now we're focusing elsewhere. But it wasn't till 10 years that we really did that exercise to expand upon that audience. And I, I think that core consumer of a CrossFitter is what truly built the foundation as a springboard to then go off of. But that's a really niche category. You know, it's not, it's not for everyone. And so when we're thinking about messaging and communications, 
that needs, you need to be talking directly and know so, so, so greatly who that person is, what they're looking for, what they need out of your brand. Um, and so I, I do strongly suggest that being a very preliminary exercise because then you know, what are they reading? Who are they trusting? Where are they going to for their advice and their resources? That becomes your PR strategy. Influencers, media, experts, trade shows. Where are you going for those things? Uh, there's so much value in that. We're going to actually, I'm going to have you go right back into that in a second. Um, because there was a comment about Jenny. If anybody missed that. Jenny is a person, but she represents like a really decent sized demographic. It's right. It's Jenny. She's 30 to 45. She's got two kids. She reads Cosmopolitan magazine. She does like to do yoga. Boom, bang, pow. Anyway, I thought that was funny. Another one on the back of that. But like, that's it. Yeah. But that's it. It's, you know, if, if she's going to core power, we need to build a relationship with core power and do something of a collaboration or partnership because that's where Jenny and the like is going to be introduced to us. And so when you think about it like that, it's less about the marketing going straight to that Jenny and finding a way to get right in front of her as the brand, which is a bit aggressive. And I, I love PR because it shows up in your life unexpectedly and organically, organically. And you're like, oh, wow, you know, I just heard about this from a friend and now it's my favorite product. That's PR. So it's showing up in your, in your ecosystem organically but strategically. So a perfect snack partnership with core power. I get a perfect bar handed to me at the end of my yoga class. And now I'm eating perfect bars as opposed to perfect bar targeting me on Facebook ads. No, nothing wrong with that. But that just feels a little bit like, oh, I just got this bar after my yoga class. I was starving. And now it's my favorite bar. So that's where the strategy comes in of defining who is your customer, but then where are they going and how can we build relationships with those people? That's a lot of, there's value there. Again, I go back, I like to point out that you, you, there's 45 seconds there that you just should listen to and, and not let it overwhelm you. I like to talk in transparency, like even us, we're yeah. deep in yeah. this and we still have to do a lot of that. We're still defining it. We don't have the resources yet to really punch something through. So when, uh, when you, I was going to say she, because when you're representing like a core power, get out there, do some sampling, like. People are going, I can't do that. I don't, I don't have any money. I can't. It's okay. She, she Jess is, is, I'm sorry. I was going to do, but is, is referencing, giving you these points so that you understand it's a concept that could be exercised, no pun intended, in multiple ways. It's defining mm -hmm. who they are and then how are you going to get to them? Let me now sort of go to, to step one. Somebody has a brand and they contact you. Maybe we should just kind of almost make up one. Um, they have a cookie brand. Uh, this is off the cuff here. I, I was going to say, let's, but let's do it. They have a cookie brand. They're, they're often going, maybe there's just two people and they come to you because they were referred to you for some PR and communication. What are like the first four things that you do with them? Yeah, Absolutely. So first and foremost, we aggregate all the information that they have literally possible available about their brand um, to truly just aggregate it all. See how are they currently talking about their brand? What's out in the world for them that they're sharing and showing? What do they, 
what do they feel really strongly about and what is like kind of up for discussion or where is there some wiggle room to massage a bit? Then we do a competitive analysis and not the same as you would do in like an R&D situation, but rather how are other brands in your category or brands that you want to be like uh, and emulate, how are they showing up in the media landscape, in the influencer landscape, and then also in the owned media landscape as well? How are they positioning and defining themselves across these different media platforms? Because what we want to do is separate and elevate ourselves. We want to find what are those key factors that we can hang our hat on that, you know, even if you are a first of its kind brand, we still need to define if new players come into the game or what are people going to most likely associate you with, then how are we really defining and being so, so, so clear what it is, what it does for me, where do I get it? So that's kind of the first realm of like just assessment, foundation building, understanding the landscape. And then two is we identify, or sorry, I guess it'd be three. We would identify who are those stakeholders that matter to your customer and your business. So like we talked about earlier, where is your customer going to get their advice, their, their information, uh, education, resources, and how should we communicate to those people those key messages that we defined previously? And that's really where the strategy is built. It's looking at the year ahead, looking at what does what do we have as a brand coming up? What do we need to be communicating? Who are we going to talk to? And why should they care to talk to us? What, what right do we have to show up in that realm and in that conversation? That's what we would help define is, you know, why should women's health write an article about you? What, what right do we have to show up in, in, a, in front of a women's health audience? What, um, what influencers are going to be even interested in sharing this? What's going to excite them and be compelling enough that they're going to want to share if your checkbook isn't coming out? Um, the, the thing to note here, too, is PR to me is earned media. It's getting that coverage that you didn't pay for. Um, that otherwise is advertising. It's paid media. However, there's definitely a blurred line these days. And, and they do, you know, when we talk about affiliate, we talk about influencers. There's a paid component but there's always a genuine endorsement. Podcast, influencers, affiliate, they, they need to at least buy into your product to some extent. So how you're showing up in front of them matters. And that's what we kind of do as those for, for first few steps is how are we just showing up and getting people interested to talk about us? Okay, yeah, there's a lot to unpack there. Um, but but, um, but it, there's a lot to unpack there. And again, if somebody were starting out Number one is they'd have to get running themselves, right? You're not hiring anybody. You're just getting running because you heard what she said first, which is um, you're collecting all the information. You got to have some, right? You know, and, and a lot of it has to do with, again, let's go over this story again. What is it? Why is it? How is it? Okay. Mm -hmm. who's in there? Uh, where are you at now? Is it out in the market? Have you, who's buying it? You know, you're wrapping, yeah. your, you know, you're getting, you're getting your, again, communication together. Um, mm -hmm. which is directly aligned with something that many people probably need to understand today, which is today's PR is also connected to social. Like, I, I can't imagine like- How you're showing you, right? up in okay. the world. So, so it's like, uh, if you were talking to somebody who was in PR, they need to understand the social component, especially in today's age, digital and the like, um, because- that's where you're feeding 
all that messaging, right? And you're targeting mm-hmm. all that messaging. So walk us through a little bit of that, maybe some, some sort of uh, tidbits there. Well, it's, it's your total presence and digital is part of that. And so I think the way that you're showing up on your packaging and your branding, your social media, the messaging that you're putting out, even your email blast, all of that is a representation of your brand. And the worst thing that could happen is we run out the gates and do a PR execution. We're reaching out to media, reaching out to influencers, we're going to trade shows, and we have a killer message that we're sharing. And then that influencer, that editor goes to your social and it's inconsistent with what we're saying. That's not gonna match up. And I've had editors tell us before, uh, this packaging doesn't really work with our aesthetic of our magazine, so we're not gonna include it. Loved the product, thought it was delicious, totally see why it exists, but the packaging, it's just, it's not gonna work for us. That was like the most painful feeling because it's like everything else is right, and so I, I think it's so imperative that we do that landscape analysis to say, this brand is getting more coverage than these five other brands, but yet they're seemingly the same product. Why is that? Oh, they have a killer founding story. They have a doctor as their CEO. Uh, they you know, have a brand that is way in a different category of the rest of these. I think that that's what we come in as more of that consultant advisor. And the, you know, I was at a PR agency forever and then I was in house for, for a while. And I think for us, we don't jump in and say, we're going to do your PR execution right away. We take those two months and we understand what's even going on here. What, what is the playing field that we're going into? And then we have told brands, we're going to consult you for six months to get your ducks in a row. And then we kick off the strategy that we've built because the strategy is it it can be done at any point, but we're not going to be as successful today as we would be in six months, but we're going to help you get all these ducks in a row so that we can get there. And then when we do the outreach, it will actually land well because everything else that is in the brand ecosystem is ready to rock. So good. So good. Um, But it is, it's, it's, it's holistic. You can't just, you can't just do one of those things. And Oftentimes, you don't even have to hire a PR agency. Uh, you know, Midday Square just got on the Today Show the other day, and they don't have a PR agency. And they're, you know, it's, it's something where you got to be ready at all times. And this is what I say, too. I say, if one, our first pitch that goes out goes viral tomorrow, are we ready? Do we have the inventory to support it? Do we have the customer service to support it? Do we know how we're showing up when we get a hundred thousand hits to our website or do we have retargeting set up? Do we have an email acquisition tool? All these things that we need to make sure are in place so that if we do get a coverage on the today show, it doesn't fall flat. You would hate to miss all those people coming to your website if you weren't prepared ahead of time. So we spend a good amount of time getting all of that set up at the forefront so that when we're ready to rock, we're ready to rock. I love all that. Um, I, I wanna again, note this to anybody who's watching this don't let that overwhelm you like this is in pieces and Mm -hmm. if you were to contact jess she would be walking you through all this she may even say you're not we're not even we're not you're not ready yet like get some let's get this flowing first um like you said you got two months just to even unpack the luggage right so uh, again this 
what Jess is describing is really where your mind should be going. And, and so that you understand that this is to, to build the complete package. Even us, I'll say it again, we're not, we don't have the package yet, right? We're still doing this thing. We're, we're through discovery. We need more resources. You need a little bit more capital to, to fully execute. But you can build, start building all these pieces right now. Just like the, you know, it's the brick thing, right? Just laying the bricks in there. Because then when you do or are able to talk to somebody like Jess, you, you, you understand so that it's not coming at you foreign, right? Um, and you're that much further ahead than many others, right? I'm sure you've spoken to a lot of brands and you're like, wow, there's a lot of things missing here. And, and uh, it's because they fundamentally don't understand those core principles you're talking about. I think it's just such an interesting point you keep getting, bringing up of don't be overwhelmed because I do see it as the world is your oyster. There is truly endless opportunity when it comes to PR. And I think the best thing you could do, so many brands who are starting, just look at your existing relationships. Who are those people who are reaching out to you? I think of buyers, brokers, investors. Those are stakeholders that have a massive influence on your end consumer. Start there. All of us already have that, right? So if you just start with what exists in your in your circle today, then you expand from there. Then you can start being proactive. But we all know people reach out. It's the nutritionist that you know happens to be a contributor for Well and Good and Mind Body Green. That's your one stakeholder. Work on that relationship first. If there's a celebrity that you know is you know obsessed with your product, don't try and make it bigger than it is. Just foster that relationship and see how it goes. You'll learn a lot just from that. And then you can start getting more systemized and create more of a program where now you have a dietitian program. Awesome. But I think at the very elementary stages, know who you are, know what you're saying, know who your consumer is going to for their, their information and work on the relationships that you already have and see how those go for you. See what, see which of those are the most prosperous. Love it. Speaking of new brand to close this out, maybe you should plug a new brand that you know of. Maybe you should give it a plug. Give I it a plug. Gonna go there. Come on. You got to, you got to, are we plugging? Yes. Or no? Well, yes, I will. But I, when you were saying overwhelming, I just launched a brand yesterday and I, the amount of opportunity that exists is so overwhelming and I know what I'm doing. It's, it's textbook, right? Launching a brand is textbook for me and the amount of opportunity that exists because it is kind of a fit, it's literally a fit for 50% of the population, um, 80% of 50% of the population. But um, I launched a uh, lip tape company. So it's to it's mouth tape that goes over your lips when you sleep to support nasal breathing. Most of us, 80% of us are mouth breathers when we sleep. It's inherently you know, bad for your health to breathe through your mouth. James Nestor wrote an incredible book if you haven't read it. Uh, and this product, we're trying to, so we're prioritizing who we're talking to first. And I think this is a really good example. We could go after every wellness influencer, every wellness uh, media editor in the world, right? Because this is a wellness product. But instead, we're going after influencers who are talking about breath work. We're talking about, that are talking about sleep. 
we're starting there. Secondly, with media, we're only going after people who have previously written about sleep health. That's it. That's where we're starting. And then we can expand beyond that. But we are not investing money into any marketing, any PR, you know, around kind of these paid opportunities. It's all guerrilla grassroots. And that's coming from somebody who has been doing this for 15 years. So if that's a good example, it's who are the most likely people to not have to over explain this product and who are going to get excited about our product because they're the closest to it. Let's start there. That's the low hanging fruit. And then we expand to these more wellness influencers or wellness media who maybe is like, what? I've never heard of mouth tape. I've never heard of lip tape. What is it? And then it's like, okay, well, we're going to need a lot more time to, to have that conversation. So start with the low hanging fruit, start with the people that are closest to you. Um, and certainly a lot of brands, you know, have connections and also do not underestimate the power and Mark, you're the prime example of this. Do not underestimate the power of other brands being influencers in your industry. Oftentimes we're paying, you know, a $30 CPM cost per thousand impressions for an influencer to cover our products. If you go to a brand with that same exact uh, following and engagement and you do a cross promotion with them, do email acquisition, you know, giveaway with them it's likely that you won't have to pay a dime and you're getting that same reach. In fact, you're probably reaching your audience more than you would be with an influencer. And so there's a time and a place for all these things, but just don't, don't get so caught up in what you should be doing. Look at what's right in front of you and seize that first test and learn and measure until you're blue in the face and then go beyond, but don't, don't try and do it all. And if a company comes to me and says, we want to do, we want press coverage tomorrow. I say, we're not your team. We are not the people who, we probably could get it, but we're here to do it right. And we're here to set you up for success in the long term. So we're going to build a really solid foundation and make sure that we're ready for that. Um, we're not here to stroke egos. We're here to build lasting brands. A great example to close this out. Jess Wendell, Maven Consulting Info down there. Thank you for being on. Thanks, Mark. You have a good rest of the week. Thank you. Peace.